Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, our souls inspire with thy celestial fire. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a section of one of T.S. Eliot's poems from the Four Quartets. This is called Little Gidding. And this is from the final uh, verses of that poem. He's making a play, as it were, on our destiny, which traditionally is either hell or heaven. Hell being a place of fire, and heaven, well, how do we get to heaven but through the fire of the Holy Spirit? So he talks about fire or fire, pyre or pyre. The dove descending breaks the air with flame of incandescent terror, of which the tongues declare the one discharge from sin and error. The only hope, or else despair, lies in the choice of pyre or pyre, to be redeemed from fire by fire. Who then devised the torment? Love. Love is the unfamiliar name behind the hands that wove the intolerable shirt of flame, which human power cannot remove. We only live, only suspire, consumed by either fire or fire. Water, wind, fire, dove. What is this Holy Spirit that comes from above? We've managed to tame these elements, haven't we? Water, wind and fire. We can turn on the tap and have water to drink in a glass in our hand. We can close the windows to keep out the draft, keep us safe inside. And we can light the wood burner to keep us warm at home. Water, wind and fire. Probably of the images of the Holy Spirit though, the one we most like is the dove because it's gentle. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove on Christ at his baptism. But there's a danger in just thinking of the Holy Spirit as this tame thing. See, step outside the house and water becomes a raging torrent, a thundering cataract, whose power is unstoppable. The wind becomes a hurricane or a tornado, ripping across continents, destroying everything in its path. The fire rages through the woodlands, unstoppable in its ferocity, burning all in its wake.
Maybe we're just left with the dove. But what happened to Jesus when this gentle dove descended on him? But it drove him out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Whichever way you look at it, there is no taming of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the swirling presence of God's love in the world, in his creation. And it's where we're called to live. In the story from Acts, we hear of Peter and the other apostles gathered together in one of the upper rooms. And the raging sound of this wind that the whole city heard came upon them. That's why they all gathered around outside. And Peter comes down and talks, and everybody hears these Galileans, simple, uneducated men and women, talking in their own tongue. Sixteen languages or dialects are listed in that reading. The multiplicity of languages spoken throughout the Roman Empire. It's a reversal of that ancient story of the Tower of Babel. You remember how the people of Babel wanted to reach the heavens. They wanted to make themselves God. So they built this tower higher and higher and higher to proclaim their own divinity. And the story goes that God saw what they were doing and cast them into confusion by splitting their tongues into a multiplicity of different languages. And so unable to communicate, were unable to complete their project, and all fell to ruin. Here now, God sends his spirit to restore what was multiple languages into a single communication so that restoration of humanity, the family of God, can take place. So that's what is going on in Luke's story in Acts. But what's going on in John's gospel? Because John tells this story of Pentecost in a completely different way. In John's Pentecost, they're gathered together in a locked room behind closed doors, and Jesus comes and stands among them. Well, in Acts, Jesus has already gone. We had that at Ascension ten days ago. But here, John's got Jesus coming, showing his hands and his side, the marks of the crucifixion, and then breathing the Holy Spirit on the disciples. What? They can't both be right, can they? Well, you know what I'm going to say. Of course they're both right. But they're doing different things. You remember John, how he begins his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, the Word was with God. John is rewriting the opening chapters of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
and the Spirit of God moved over the deep. Here, we have John retelling that story. And it begins like this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. It's the first day of the week. The day on which creation began. The doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. It's a retelling of the story of Genesis, where Jesus is God making humanity out of the dust of the earth and breathing life into them. Remember that the Hebrew word for wind and spirit is exactly the same, ruach. The Greek word for wind and the spirit is the same, pneuma, from which we get pneumatic tires. The wind is the spirit of God. And this is the recreation of humanity. When we step outside our comfort zones into the swirling presence of God's spirit, this is the primeval power that created heaven and earth. And it swirls in you. This untamable, unquenchable power of God runs through you. And that means if you will let it, whenever you touch anything or speak to someone, that power of God passes through you to them or it. You are called to be Christ's presence, bearers of this untamable flame of God that gives life to creation. You are the new creation of God. Broken maybe, but healed, restored. That's why we come kneeling into God's presence. We receive that broken body, that drop of blood from the cross. And as we do, that spirit burns through and in us to take us, humble, broken, restored, redeemed, into the world. Be God's presence. Be his burning, untamable love. Show the world what life means and what it is. Brothers and sisters, this is your calling. Be children of Pentecost. Amen.